Welcome to Bible Chicks, women who are normally just as is, but we're at our supernatural best when we choose to read, believe, and live out God's Word, whatever's going on in our lives. So get ready to laugh with us and be blessed as you hear our unique stories and inspiring music. Thanks for joining us. It's going to be good. Reading, believing, living His Word. Praying, never receiving all the truth that we've heard. Loving and growing and hoping our faith is showing. Don't you know we're Bible chicks? Hi, I'm Carol Brewer, and welcome to another Bible Chicks show. Today we're featuring an ex- extraordinary women. First of all, Petra Spencer Pierce, who is a producer, and Rachel Spencer Hewitt, who's an actress in the wonderful movie Return to the Hiding Place. And Spencer's your middle name, right? Yes, absolutely. That's the, that's the last name that we share. Well, I'm so blessed to have you today. Why I say extraordinary is because you've had the opportunity, God has given you the, oh, appointed timing to be born into a family of of believers, for one thing, which is is a wonderful thing, but that your father and your grandfather had a vision. And can you share some of that, Petra, about your family? And uh, it's unusual, but oh, what a blessing to hear your story. Sure. So, um, we we grew up in a Christian family, um, and we were very blessed that we were taken with our parents on the mission field to serve others. And that's really been my dad's heart, um, to serve others and to do whatever we could to help the body of Christ all over the world. Um, and, and he's taught apologetics in um, Muslim countries and that sort of thing, and um, you know, as we were growing up, he was speaking somewhere, and um, afterwards, this older gentleman came up to him and, and started talking to him about it and started talking about his life, and um, my dad said, oh, you know what, your story sounds a lot like the story of Corey Ten Boom. Do you know of her? And he said, oh, yes, I was the first one hidden in her home. And so my dad said, really? So they started talking, and, and they became fast friends, and um, the man who was speaking to was Hans Pelay, and so uh, my parents would go visit them in the Netherlands all the time, and they would come to the United States and visit my parents, and as they developed this friendship, uh, my dad would record him and interview him telling about his stories in the youth resistance and that was Petra, based out of Corey Tendon's home. And what, uh-huh. what year was this approximately? What about what time or decade? Um, it is, this is probably about 20, 20 years ago, I think. Okay. Maybe a little yeah, bit longer ago. ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and your grandfather, years ago. your grandfather, though, didn't he have the original vision, and when was that, or when did he meet? No, that was that was my father. Oh, your father. Okay. That was my father. Yes. I see. So, um, as we were all growing up as kids in, in that home and knowing Hans and hearing the story, all through our childhood, my dad would say, we're going to, we're going to make this uh, uh, into a movie. We're like, okay, you know, we were all kids. I mean, my youngest brother was not even born yet. So, um, you know, we grew up hearing the story, grew up with my dad talking about how he was going to make this into a film, and he he was doing a lot of research, you know, because when you're writing about real people, you want to make sure the facts are correct. Um, and then we 
graduated, and interestingly enough, through God's guiding, we all ended up going into different areas of film production um, and acting. So I went to school for TV and film production, and I ended up becoming a producer, you know, on my own career path. And then Rachel, who's on with us, um, got her master's from the Yale School of Drama, a very talented actress, and also very um, savvy with social media and, and PR. And my brother, Josiah, is a very talented director and editor who edits for some of the biggest names in the music industry right now. And uh, my mom is a wardrobe designer and costumer. And my youngest brother is an engineer, very smart with math. And so, um, you know, we all kind of went on our own paths. And then one day my dad called and said, hey, we got funding for the film. Would you like to come work on this with me? And, of course, I've been listening, you know, hearing about it for 20 years. And so I didn't know financially how that was going to work out, but I knew that this was a calling that had been put on my dad's heart and that we as a family were called to. And so all of us left what we were doing and we came together to work on this film. And it is our desire that this film touches people's hearts, that it motivates them to action for the Lord and um, that they're really inspired to do what is right when they're faced with difficult situations. Well, you know, I was... I'm moved by just reading some of your questions here, or your, some of your points, your talking points that I was going over. One of the things was about young people today, and you mentioned, you know, your vision and, and your desire, your heart's desire, but there's a powerful message in this film that communicates to young people, and can you just share some about something about that or your, uh, your feelings about that? Well, that was part of your vision, I believe. Yeah, I was, well, yeah, what's so exciting about this? Film um, is that Hans Play, who was friends with my father, whose story is featured in this film. He was the first person to name Corey Palm, as such a mention, but at the time, he was just a university student. So he experienced the war and the atrocities in the Netherlands that we know of and are familiar of in Corey's life when, when he was just 18. And his friends, and, and he formed this resistance army group when they were just teenagers, and I believe the youngest person in that group was nine years old. And so together, completely untrained, but with this intense course of conviction, what they did is they created an underground full of secret messages and systems and support teams, and some of them even lost their lives just because they knew that their Redeemer wanted them to put their lives on the line for strangers, for people they didn't know, for being oppressed by the government. And that sort of conviction and passion and agency and intelligence was was all from teenage individuals that one day were thinking about what they wanted to major in in college and then the next day were saying, how can we save people's lives? And I think that being able to see that this is a true story for for the younger generation, even even people my age and, and younger to be able to watch and say, oh, that's possible, that's real, that has to happen. I think what it does is it ignites in them the same sort of capability. It inspires in them the same sort of value system and the same conviction to realize that they're capable of doing the same thing now. And so what we would love to see is for this film to capture the hearts of young people and say that, that their faith is powerful, that their faith can change history. And, um, and, and that's just the dream and the vision that went into it from the very beginning. 
and the film again is returned to the hiding place. And for history buffs like myself that really just have learned so much of, you know, through some study and of course probably not as much study as your dad spending time in in Holland and all of that, but the whole World War II history is incredible and, and really has um, so many stories for Christians of Christians who have who served in, and is as you're talking about these teenagers and others that have done so much to um, turn the war around in stories that we certainly don't know about. But here's Return to the Hiding Place, a sequel to the story about Corey Ten Boom and the Ten Boom family. So, Rachel, tell me as an actress, what, um, I don't know, what memories do you have and what, uh, what special uh, thoughts do you have that you can share with us about your participation in this film, about... Um, it, you know, just uh, embracing that part and living that part. Um, I can say without a doubt that after filming, I was changed. Something that uh, happens as an actress where you lend your heart and soul to the character that you're portraying and you connect with their needs and you connect with their vision and doing that with Addie Van Warden, who was the character that I played, who was crazy and part of the resistance, I was just absolutely moved by her unapologetic conviction, the way that she uh, stood up. She's there's this amazing scene where she just stands face-to-face as a Nazi general, and she defies him. She, she, she breathes him flat out in front of his face, surrounded by soldiers. And in filming that scene, I walked away from the set with just uh, with my heart shaking, just completely floored, completely humbled by the areas in my life where I thought I was being strong. I realized I had set the bar so low. <laughs> and to this day, I read other scripts and I read other characters and I realize that um, I think we're also setting the bar low with the characters that we write and the characters that we play. I think that the the human capacity for faith is so much larger than we know it. So as an artist, I now have this film as a standard to hold up all my other auditions to, all my other work to, to say, no, you know what? If a character doesn't eat this, why am I going out for it? Why am I playing it? If if writers are writing the same stories over and over again, they're not watching the right films. They need to see Return to the Hiding Place because it shows how you can write a female character with strength and warmth and agency and intelligence. And um, so it really revolutionized my artistic worldview as well as my spiritual worldview and that it raised the bar. Absolutely. And that conviction and that passion, um, you know, it's a it's supernatural, isn't it? Because in in that intense fear and that intense time of of uh, persecution and uh, just the threat of being killed, you know, by the Nazis, that that intense uh, situation. Where does you know? And as an actress, you uh, again you shared some of this, but but again, the teens and those that were defiant, um, they had the conviction, the passion to do what was right in a world that was wrong. So, where do you have any more thoughts about that, Petra? About how that supernatural power wells up within a person to do the extraordinary in a very uh, difficult situation. Yeah, you know, one of the lines in the film, um, sometimes that was actually something that he said in one of his, of his interviews with my dad was, you can't look into, he said, you hear about the war and the atrocities and how many people are being killed and, you know, it's just a number until you see the people and see the fear in their eyes. And 
they just are compelled to do something about it. And I think that when he saw what was happening to these people, and he knew that our Lord compels us to do what is right, to save the innocent and do whatever we can, as ambassadors of Christ, um, that that really welled up in them, and they became strong because of their faith. You know, they were able to face a, a polished army of Nazis that had been trained, and these were children. There were kids who weren't trained, but they were breaking into Nazi headquarters, stealing ration cards, smuggling people in, in the dead of night, getting them to safe houses, saving, you know, Jewish children from orphanages where they were going to be killed. And um, I, you know, I look at that, and one of the things that I loved doing when we had our theatrical release was doing exit interviews um, here and there at the theater, just saying, hey, what did you think about the film, you know? And I loved catching teenagers or college students and asking them what they thought about the film, and they said, oh, my goodness, these these kids are my age. I'm not sure what I would do in that situation. I, I don't know if I was faced with that situation. I'd like to think that I would do what they did, but I, I don't, I've never even thought about it, you know? And Hans said something that was very interesting. Um, he said, it's a 5 five ninety situation when you're faced with something like this. Generally, 5% of the population will be full force, wholeheartedly with an organization. So like the Nazis, about 5% of the Dutch supported them and went full out and became soldiers and were even more cool than the German Nazis that had come into the Netherlands. 5% of the population joined the resistance, risked their lives to save people and to fight against the Nazi army. And then the other 90% just kind of sat back and watched to see who would win because they didn't want to get caught in the middle of it, and they would just go with whoever won. And, um, you know, I think that speaks a lot to the way that things happen with our society today. We see that all these atrocities are going on in the Middle East with Christians and Jews being slaughtered, and there are some people that are doing something about it um, to fight against it. There are some people that are joining um, the other side, and then a lot of people are just kind of sitting and watching to see what happens. And I think... You know, not all of us can go over there and physically be doing something about it, but what we're hoping to do with this film is to motivate people to do whatever they can in their capacity to help our brothers and sisters in Christ who are being persecuted. Well, as both of you are are just great examples of strong women with passion and uh, conviction, and we're going to take a break real quick. We're going to come back, hear how the film, more about how the film was made, has uh, other stories about women involvement in the film, and so we're going to take a break and come right back. Singer-songwriter Carol Brewer reflects lasting expressions of God's love through her beautiful music and inspiring writing. Audiences connect with both Carol's contemporary and traditional songs of worship and praise. She also teaches others to sing God's praises through her popular voice training book, Cooking Up a Song. Pick up Carol's music and books today at Amazon.com, iTunes, and BibleChicks.com. Reading the 
believing, living his word. Don't you know we're Bible chicks? Hi, welcome back. I'm Carol Brewer, host for Bible Chicks, and we have two wonderful guests on today. We have Rachel Spencer Hewitt and Petra Spencer Pierce, two sisters, and you've been enjoying their story. Very compelling about their film, Return to the Hiding Place, and the incredible sequel that it was to the original movie, Hiding Place, that featured the story of Corey Ten Boom and the Ten Boom family. So we're back with with, uh, Rachel and Petra, and let's just talk about the making of the film and and the involvement of that. You you mentioned all your family and the actors and uh, the different parts that they play. But where where did you do this shooting actually? Where was it? What was the location? Rachel. We, we actually um, this is Petra. Okay, Petra. We actually shot we actually shot in 43 different locations, which is an insane amount of locations um, for any film. But we yeah. also did it in um, we shot 23 days in Michigan and primarily in Holland, Michigan, because it was settled by the Dutch. So all the architecture is Dutch. There's actually a windmill that we shot in um, that's there that was moved from the Netherlands to Holland, Michigan in the 50s. And it still has bullet holes in it from World War II, and it still makes flowers. It's a pretty neat place. Um, and then we were able to shoot uh, six days in the actual hiding place in the Netherlands where the Tenzin family and Hans lived and where they hid over 880 Jews. And that was absolutely amazing to actually be shooting this story in the actual space where these events occurred. Very amazing. Um, so it's now a museum that if anybody wants to visit, they can they can go see it. And it still has a watch shop attached to it, which I bought a watch there. Um, so yeah, that, that's where we shot. And we did some we did some pickup shots in Texas, um, but the majority was in the Netherlands and in Holland, Michigan. And what was the time span for the for you know, all these forty three locations? Yeah, so we shot that in less than 30 days of shooting. I mean, we were there longer because we had pre-production on all that, but it was less than 30 days of shooting. It was it was an insane schedule. I did not sleep much. 43 locations in 30 days? 43 locations in 30 days. Oh. In 29 days, I think, actually. Wow. <laughs> yeah, and that spans, that spans two continents also. Oh, um, my United goodness. States and Europe, so... Wow. Yep. God's power demonstrated there, huh? Wow. Yes, absolutely. Oh, my goodness. And then so in this crazy schedule of one month and just all these locations and, oh, my goodness, there had to be some funny things that happened along the way. I mean, just, you know, from um, knowing that. Yeah, you were. Okay. Well, Rachel, there was something about um, shoes. Sorry. What about your shoes? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, um... You know, we're all going so quickly, and uh, the whole, you could see it in the crew's eyes. Like, everyone's going light in the past. And one day, I was in a shoe fitting for uh, my wedding dress costume, and they were pulling shoes just out of a trash bag, because the way that you do it in independent films is, if you have a trade piece, and the, the costumes in our piece are stunning, like, they're just extraordinary, um, they, they actually went to vintage shops, and were trying to get the right shoes and the right dresses, and then they piled them all in in our bag, and they were putting them on the bag and just trying them on me straight from the store, and I put my feet in these white shoes, and they fit perfectly, and I could just hear the costume, and the designer just like, 
oh, okay, great. We found them so that they can move on to the next thing. And they took them off my feet. And the woman who took them off my feet just kind of froze there. And I looked at her to make sure everything was okay. And she was looking in the shoes, and she was like, how did that get there? And I was like, what? And then I looked, and she goes, that's the name of your character, isn't it? And in the shoes, on the tape, in worn, worn, permanent marker, was the name Van Warden. And that's the last name of my character. And they had just grabbed the shoes and picked it up. My filming hadn't even started yet. And somehow, in the shoes that fit me perfectly, with the name Ben Warden, which is the last name of my character. It's Amazing. And so it was, and the shoes, <laughs> and the shoes were vintage shoes from the 1940s. Did that yeah. just so, give you chills? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. goosebumps everywhere. Like, I still get it to this day time I started remembering that moment because I was looking into the costume designer's eyes and she was staring at these shoes like they were going to burn her hands. Like, it, it was this, this unreal... Uh, it's, it's a super natural moment where she was just looking to eat for the inches, but I was like, you just put these on my feet. I haven't even touched these. And she knows that she had just grabbed these from the store and put lightning speed and somehow they had been marked on the inside with the name of my character. It was, it was amazing. It was an amazing moment. Amazing. Okay, well, and then some, you got, as an actress, you got some days off, right? Is that a few? One? <laughs> yes, yeah, so just, just, it's true. Not about Petra, but it got me some amazing days off. Um, the cast, the, this is one of my favorite casts I've ever worked with. Everyone is so generous and warm and fun. And like Petra mentioned, we found it in Holland, Michigan, which is just on the lake. And, and on the lake, um, we decided to, we, the actors, a few of us decided to rent the boat and go out on the lake. You know, and I'm working with my family, Petra, you know, as a producer and, um, the side of the editor and co-director, and I was like, no, I miss my siblings. I think that they should come, like, take, take a break a bit with us as well. And so I sent Petra a text message, and I was like, hey, we're into the boat. You should come with us. And I wait a little bit, and I finally get a response, and she's like, there's no way. And I was like, why? It's a day off. You should totally go off. And she goes, oh, Rachel, I wish. But it's only a day off for actors. That's not what producers do. <laughs> like, I know. Right. I was really glad that I wasn't close enough for her to, um, to smack me. But uh, that's the day that I learned I'd take the right job. Because she and my brother were busy editing, and I was um, on a boat in Lake Michigan. Just really loving my life. So <laughs> um, she forgave yeah. me, thankfully, because she loves me like a sister. Well, where is the film now? Yes. Where is it in process now? I mean, how can we see this film? Well, um, we are releasing on September 15th on iTunes, Amazon.com, as well as um, on ReturnToTheHidingPlace.com. So on iTunes and Amazon, you can purchase it digitally or rent it um, digitally if you want to do it that way. You can also buy the DVD from ReturnToTheHidingPlace.com. And we are very privileged and blessed to have, be working with the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association, um, and they're promoting our film as well. But we have been given permission to sell a commemorative dual-disc set. So that means that you can purchase a dual-disc set um, that has both Billy Graham's Hiding Place about Corey Tendon's family, as well as Return to the Hiding Place about the Youth Resistance Army that was based out of Corey Tendon's home in one package. And... It's, it's very special. Um, this is 
the 40th anniversary of the original Hiding Place, and so for it to be released with our film that's being released this year is really a very cool thing. So, Well, I'm really looking forward to getting my copy. I ordered both of them, and I really was blessed to see The Hiding Place, so I will look forward to seeing that again and also seeing the sequel, Return to the Hiding Place. So, Rachel and Petra, it's been such a joy to have you on the program with us today. And, Rachel, would you please share one of your favorite scriptures and pray with us for a minute? It would be such a blessing. Sure. Yeah, I'd love to. Um, one of my favorite scriptures is First Corinthians sixteen thirteen, which says, "Be on your guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong." And um, the reason why I love that verse so much is it because it's like, uh, really to us to be like our legacy, Corey and Bloom and Hans Clay, who did the Resistance Fighters, to have that supernatural conviction that we were talking about. So um, I'll just go ahead and close in prayer and ask for that. Thank you. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you and just so thankful for the opportunity to um, speak of your name, Holy God, and to uh, talk about films like Return to the Hiding Place and, and others that tell stories of Jesus from the parables to draw others' hearts closer to you, Lord God, to live in that supernatural faith. And I just pray blessings over everyone who hears this interview, Lord God, and everyone who sees the film Return to the Hiding Place in the original, that it will be inspired by. But, Lord God, what is it I can ask is the desire to do your will, to take a firm public stand for your name, and to be strong and courageous. I just pray blessings over every single person listening today, that they feel inspired to lead us in the name of Jesus in their lives. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Rachel and Petra, thank you so much again for being with us. And uh, we just look forward to seeing that movie. So make sure you go to returntothehidingplace.com and find out more. Right now, I, yes. I'm going to be able to share a song with you called Be Thou My Vision. Just as the Spencer family had a vision to seek the Lord, this beautiful song that was written over a, a century ago also speaks to that. So I hope you're blessed. Thou in me dwell. 
Won't you make the King of Kings and Lord of Lords ruler over your heart today? He will not disappoint you. Join us at BibleChicks.com, won't you, to find out more, listen to our past shows. Go also visit Facebook, Bible Chicks with Carol. And remember that in Him we live, move, and have our being. God bless you and have a great day. Reading, believing, living His Word. Praying, never receiving all the truth that we've heard Loving and growing and hoping our faith is showing